It's Sunday, so you know what that means. It's Mailbag Day here around Chicago Bull Central, and that means we're going to dive into the mailbag and respond to your voicemails. But before we do that, we're going to talk about what I would like to see tonight in the Chicago Bulls' third preseason game and second game against the defending Denver Nuggets. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. We are a handful of hours away from the Chicago Bulls tipping off against the Denver Nuggets for the second time this preseason, right? The Chicago Bulls' third preseason game overall. And what do we want to see? Now, Billy Donovan alluded to the starters may sit in this game. Now, if they, you know, whether that means they sit out the full game or they just check in briefly in the first quarter and kind of sit down. Other than that, besides the starters, right? So I'm going to kind of focus on everything other than the starters because we may see that in this game. I really want to see the continued development, see how players, you know, like uh, Julian Phillips, does he continue looking pretty good, right? Learned a lot from that first preseason game to that second. How does he look, right? Does Dalen Terry show some more flashes, showing some in overtime uh, in last week's uh, la- the last preseason game? Does he does he flash a little bit even more, maybe more consistently in this game as well, right? Javon Carter, the uh, Io DeSumo, right? These are guys that are that I want to continue to get really good looks at to kind of see how they're going to fit in that in that pecking order as well. Now, with Billy Donovan saying that some of the starters may start, that doesn't necessarily mean the full starting five. It may mean the core three are going to sit and we'll see if that if what that means like still wanting to see what we're what we're what we've been looking for how does Kobe run that show for the Chicago Bulls right um Patrick Williams if he does play right do we see you know less passive p in this game with, with things like that so there's there's a quite a bit that we want to see with this team you know the Bulls have made two roster cuts so the roster's down to 19 players now do we see more of OB in this game as well that's something to look out for you know but as we see the the, the role players and like Tory Craig, Javon Carter, we see absolutely where they're going to bring. But specifically, like players like Julian Phillips, Justin Lewis, Adama Sinago, who those last two didn't play in the last uh, preseason game either. Of course, Terry Taylor, who I tell you what, if there were any doubts that Terry Taylor was going to make the final roster, I think he's done a pretty good job at clearing those doubts as well. But we also want to see do the Bulls limit turnovers, right? Um, you know, regardless of how much the core three are out there or not. We just, as a team, want to, want to you know, still move the ball around a lot, but limit those turnovers some, keep going through those growing pains as a team that's learning to pass the ball a little bit more, that branded defense, especially if the even with the starters out, we know what that, uh, that bench unit can bring defensively, so we want to see that defensive growth from this team as well. It's going to be interesting. I think this is going to still be a fun game. Hopefully it's not a blowout as the Chicago Bulls head to Denver, but Overall, you guys know, I'll be here for the pregame, the halftime hangout, and postgame show all live on the channel, but I want to hear from you guys. What are some of the things that you want to see in this third preseason game from the Chicago Bulls? I know a lot of Bulls fans are really looking forward to OB. We even got a voicemail on that. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I think it just to continue to see that the changes that the Chicago Bulls team has made, if that's going to be consistent, right? And Billy Donovan as well. Does he continue like... I know it's preseason. He's going to go deep into the bench in preseason. That just is what it is. But he's continue to have trust. Is this is this being used to build trust in those role players so we may see them a little bit more for, for Billy Donovan to learn to ride the hot hand, right, the evolution of that offense, that defensive scheme. Those are things we still want to see. And I'll tell you what, while I don't think there's a chance he may make the roster, Quentin Jackson is starting to become a player to watch, especially, you know, later in these halves. 
of these preseason games and maybe making that you know the Windy City Bulls even more of a of a of a thing to watch this upcoming season. I tell you what, right? The Windy City Bulls are going to be fun to watch. Between Batim uh, down there, you still got Adama Sinago, Justin Lewis, right? Julian Phillips probably going to go down there a little bit as well as Dalen Terry. But you add in Quentin uh, uh, Jackson in that as well. Like this is another guy who has been explosive for the Chicago Bulls and, and flash some of that in this time down there. So, you know, just continue to seeing that because, you know, I'll be covering the Windy City Bulls once the G League season starts. We'll be doing once a week G League episodes. So continue seeing how those G League players and give us a preview of that G League team. I think it's going to be important for the Chicago Bulls at that time. I think the two players that were cut, especially Drell, he's going to be on that Windy City Bulls team regardless, I think. I could be wrong on that one. Keep in mind, with him signing that contract, even with the camp deal, He's eventually signed to a G League deal. Gets a little bit more money. I think that's kind of what we kind of wanted to see from that. But, you know, outside of that, too, Alice Caruso, that shooting touch that he flashed a little bit in the last game, is that do we see a little bit shine of that as well in this game? But like I said, let me know what you guys think on all that down below. All right, let's get into it. Uh, let's get into the voicemail bag for today. This first one, this one's from Juan. Anyway, let's get straight to the point, man. Look, I don't like the way that you call it P-Wheel Passes P. I don't know which voicemail you're going to use. Hopefully it's this one. I don't like how you was calling them past the I'm a huge fan of yours. Let's get this straight. And usually I agree with you. But sometimes, sometimes, like all people you watch, sometimes your take's just not it. Okay? I'm not I, – I, I don't understand the – Pass of P came back out tonight. No, bro. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan had it going. Okay? Now, I know you're saying, what if they haven't going in a real game? Is Patrick, is Patrick Williams only going to put up two points like he did last night? My argument to that is, Bo was throwing up them shots. He wasn't throwing up a lot. He was throwing up them shots, though. Them bitches just was not falling for him. That's all that was, man. That's all that was. Them bitches was just not falling. And, and I don't like how people get so quick to the to the passive name calling, bro. What I've seen so far, what we've been seeing over the summer, what we saw in the first game, Bo is really – he really been putting in the work, so let bro live, man. I don't want to hear no passive piece shit, man. Hey, other than that, man, hey, I'm a big fan, bro. Uh, uh, my name's Juwan, man. Expect me to be calling a lot more. Shit, I, I might fly out there and do a show with you one day. If you know what I'm saying, be rocking, how we rocking. Um, but yeah, man, stop calling that nigga passive piece, man. Stop. Zach was doing his thing. Zach was getting his shit off. Zach was feeling himself. Uh, versus Denver. And the lineups got switched. I don't ever even see Pat come out that time that I see Pat come out. And I, I got the lead pass. I watch every single game. I don't even see him come out like that. You hear me? All right, dog. She was fair, like I said again, man. Have a good day. I'm sorry, Juan, but putting four shots up, ain't, 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 ain't you can't eliminate the passive P. And it's more than just shots. I think every time people hear about Patrick Williams and both the detractors and, and the positive people with Pat, they, they keep going to offense. It's not just offense. P was also p- passive on defense some, right? Not fighting through screens. He did in that in probably the first half of the first quarter of that last game, he was still giving that defensive effort, right? You're right. He's not going to get a lot of shots. I even, you know, went kind of against my co-host over on Locked on Bulls and Pat the Designer when he's always kind of talking about P. Will and, and getting shots up. It's not just about the shots, but if you're only going to take four shots, you have to impact the game in other ways. Your defense got to be spot on. You got to be fighting for loose balls. You got to get rebounds, right? You got to get out in transition. But he also passed up some shots that he would have taken, right? When you look at a player like Torrey Craig, Torrey Craig took three shots, but I don't think anybody would have seen the way that Torrey Craig played, even though the stats didn't jump out of you. Technically, P. Will's stats, even outside of the scoring, were better than Torrey Craig's stats in the last game, except the points. Torrey Craig did score five points. P. Will scored two. 
it's just the way that you go about your business when you're playing the game of basketball. That's what we mean, or me personally, what I mean by passive P. I don't really care. I've come to the realization he's the fourth, maybe even now the fifth option on offense with Kobe White in that starting lineup. He's not going to always get a lot of shots, but because of that, you have to find your angle. You have to find your way to impact the game. And it was too much, too much time where P. Will was quiet in that second preseason game to me. So as far as it, hey, listen, you can tell me to stop calling the pass P. You can not like it. I love you, Juan, and thank you for supporting the channel. But I'm going to say this. Tell P to step it up. And if Patrick Williams steps it up, I won't call him passive P. Until then, as long as I see passiveness out of P. Will in the game, I'm going to call him passive P when he does. But I'm also going to give him his flowers when he deserves it. I was one of the people who raved about Patrick Williams in that first game, and it wasn't just about the scoring, right? It's more sides to basketball about that, and I hate it when people try to whittle down a player's impact just by scoring. To me, that, and I'm not, this isn't to you, Juan, but to me, when people try to do that, that is a casual mindset. Watch the game of basketball. You can impact and not be passive even if you don't take a lot of shots. That's what I want to see from P. Will this upcoming season. But all right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Shay. Yo, what's up, Hayes? You know, I've talked about Kobe White and why she come off the bench. And another reason is because, look, when you watch yesterday's game against the Denver Nuggets, let's keep it real. He did turn the ball over a lot, and I do feel like, you know, if he does come off the bench, but let's face it, Kobe White is not a good primary playmaker. Like, he could play make a little bit for a short amount of time, but you're going to need another playmaker when you have a score like him. So I feel like when it comes to coming off the bench, like Alex Caruso and the other people like him, not Ayo DeSumo, can play back and take the pressure off Kobe. On the other hand, it's that lineup. Yeah, but you should just play back when he's not like a ish play back. He can low post threat. And I feel like with Ayo DeSumo's good playmaking and uh, Alex Caruso's good playmaking off of the bench, I feel like that does protect Kobe in terms of him not of him not having a high risk of turnovers like he had. Now, I know what people are going to say. Oh, Kobe White has earned a starting spot. Yeah, that's true, but you also have to look at it like this. What made Jamal Crawford so successful? He could he could have been the starter on plenty of teams, but, like, but like when it comes down to him, where he shined at and where he became the best back of the game, I'm not saying that Kobe would never get that, but just the way the team set up, the way how we lack pure squad off that bench regardless of how great our defense is and how much many people can score. But at the end of the day, when all good playoff teams, I'm not going to say championship teams because we're not there yet, but all good playoff teams need a pure score off the bench. You can't name you one good team that doesn't have a pure score off the bench unless you got a lot of people on that bench that can score which we don't have. So I feel like that's one of the other reasons why Kobe White needs to come off the bench because, let's face it, he's not a primarily playmaker like that. And I feel like Jamon Carter does make the offense move a little smoother. That's just my opinion. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. Listen, I, I, I get it. You're not the only one that shares. It's kind of my mindset coming into the season where I thought Kobe White may be better suited coming off the bench because Javon Carter is a defender and shooter. Kobe White isn't necessarily – he can shoot. But he's a scorer, right? And he's a ball-dominant scorer. I think he's best when he has the ball in his hands. Now, I will say this. Billy Donovan has changed up. Uh, DeMar hasn't had the ball in his hands as much as what he did. A little bit more in that second preseason game. But overall, if you put these two games together, it hasn't been as much as what we're used to seeing from DeMar, which has gotten Kobe White and other players more opportunities with the ball. If that's going to continue, Kobe will be fine. But when it comes down to it, right, 
Kobe has talked about it. He understands it. He just has to do it. And if Kobe does end up winning the starting point guard position, which it seems like it's happening, we can keep having the conversation whether he should or shouldn't. It seems like it's going to go in that direction, at least to start the season. That doesn't mean it's going to stay that way the full season. But it does seem like it's it's heading that direction where Kobe is going to be the starting point guard to start the season. And I'll tell you what, like I said before, Kobe has all the potential in the world. If he can find his way to get his with uh, having those starters out there with him, with the big the core three out there with him, then, hey, more power to him. You want him to go through those growing pains. I think you want to get him some stints out there with the bench unit as well, like we saw with Zach in last game, to kind of maximize in what Kobe does best. Now, as far as the playmaking, you said Io can playmake. Io can playmake some, but he's not the half-court tradition. Uh, I would say in the half-court, I think Kobe has maybe passed him up in playmaking some, even with the three turnovers. But we know this team is passing a lot more, so the turnovers are going to be there regardless for right now. Even though, uh, like what I think Io still had one or two turnovers himself, even with less time, it's going to come, right? And I think this team is going to figure it out, and you're going to see those turnovers even out as the season goes on. But, hey, Kobe seems like he's on that ascension to grab that starting point guard spot, and if he earns it, he earns it. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Cornelius. Hey, what's good, King? It's Cornelius. Um, I want to talk about the uh, last preseason game, uh, especially with, you know, P. Will, you know, going back, you know what I'm saying, regressing back to being past his P. But I'm not going to hold him to that. And the reason why, um, he needs to learn how to navigate through when you see Zach and DeMar being aggressive. I think that's what passive P come into play. I think he got to learn his footing in when, you know, Zach is getting his, Zach being aggressive, DeMar being aggressive, even Luke. He got to learn his footing and where he fit in so he could get his point. So I think that's what really happened to him. You know what I'm saying? It could be a mental thing or whatever. You know, when you see Zach cooking, that's what you want to do. You want to keep on giving the man the hot ball, you know, the, you know, keep on giving him the ball. So, um, you know, um, I'm not just a holding with it this game. My eyes are open. I, I'm always going to still expect him to do big things this year. Um, like I said before, I'm looking for him to take the lead, and I still think he is. Of course, he's going to go through growing pains. Of course, he's going to go through games that he's not going to play good. Uh, it's an 82-game season, so uh, of course. So I'm not going to hold him to that. But, uh, again, he just needs to learn how to navigate through that. I think that's the issue. I think he just takes a sit back and just let Zach and Demar and Vuce do their thing which he should in a way, but at the same time, he needs to learn how to get here. And uh, that's pretty much it. Appreciate you, like always, King. Let's go. See Red Nation. We up. Great. And listen, like I said, P-Will needs to learn how to be aggressive regardless of what's going on. Go out there and, do, and make your name, hang your hat on something. If it's your day to score and you got it going, you got a mismatch, take those players off the dribble. Take those shots, right? If you don't, defend well, extremely well. He's the least scored on player in isolation. Go after rebounds. Go after loose balls. Play that solid defense. All those type of things. That's what P. Will needs to do. And that's what a player like Torrey Craig can help P. Will learn to do because Torrey Craig is almost one of the masters at that. He always impacts the game. You always feel his presence when he's out there on the court. And that's what you want right now. And I know some people are going to hate me saying this, but right now, Patrick Williams' job on this team is to be a role player. That just is what it is. I know some people are going to, that's going to trigger some Bulls fans to say, what do you mean? The fourth overall pick, a role player? Yeah, 90% of the players in the NBA are role players. And right now, with the makeup of this team, Patrick Williams more than likely, more likely than not, is going to be a role player. But that doesn't mean that he can't. So, like, there are some role players that absolutely are, are, are studs out there. He needs to learn to do that, impact that game in that way consistently, night in and night out. Give that effort. Don't fall asleep on screens. 
Don't just stand in the corner, right? Move without the ball. Even if you don't, if you're not creating shots for yourself, you may be creating a lane for somebody else by moving without the ball. That's what we need P. Will to do. And I, he has it in him. I don't think anybody anymore doubts that P. Will has it in him. I think even his biggest doubters just doubt, is he going to give it to us consistently enough to where it makes sense? But I think he is. Listen, it was one one aggressive game, one passive P game. I think it's all going to even out. I think by the time the season starts, we're going to see more aggressive P. Will than passive P. At least I hope so. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Mike Jones. What's up, Hayes? It's Mike Jones. Uh, reaching out, man, um, because I'm, I say, first and foremost, I'm excited for the season, but all, all summer long, man, ever, ever, ever since the Bulls have been linked to, uh, unrelapsed victim, or I'm gonna just call him OB for the sake of not sounding like an idiot, um, ever, ever since the Bulls have been linked to him, you have been reporting about it, talking about it, man, so I finally was like, okay, I gotta sit down and do my homework on Bitum. And bro, I'm gonna just be real with you. Bitum can cook. <laughs> hey, look, the 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 Bulls, the Bulls might really have a a a, a gym in 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 OB if 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 he can, if he can translate over into the NBA style of play and get comfortable here. I mean, like I said, I, I know I know as of late our track record with with players from overseas hasn't been that great. But I guess I want to know from you, what's your ceiling for OB? What do you think he could be? Is he is he going to be another Marco Simonovic, or could he, you know, be a, like an Andreas Nozioni, or or could he be a, another Nikola Mirotic, or something like that? Or like I said, I I just I just want to know where you think his ceiling lies. But and I guess a hot take is whether it be I mean I, I know I hate to say this, but whether it be through injury or just by necessity of needing more offense in that second unit. Ob gonna get some minutes this season, bro. You, you, he's not gonna be in in, in the in the Windy City Bulls all season long. I just can't see a scenario where he is because his offense is real nice and what he adds is real nice. Let me know, bro. But Tim is absolutely a gym, and I really do feel like the Chicago Bulls are hiding the gym. Like I always compare what the uh, Portland Trailblazers did with Anthony Simons, right? They hit him down there in the G League that first season. You got to see him, right? And you saw that potential, but they knew they had something in Anthony Simons, right? And I think the Bulls realized that they have something in Onulop, Onulop Bitum. I, I, listen, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm learning it. I'll have it by the end of the season. But OB, I really do think it, he's a gem. And if he adjusts to that NBA game, that's what I think this first year is for, for, for OB. It's to adjust to the NBA game because he used to be able to take players off the dribble in, in EuroLeague, he's not going to necessarily be able to do that as easily in the NBA, but he has to adjust that physicality. The defense as well, he has to adjust to that. But I really do think we got a gym in OB, and I think, listen, me doing the G League review that I'm going to be doing, the Windy City once a week, Windy City Bulls episodes, be on the lookout for that because I guarantee you, you're going to see a lot of OB uh, highlights in that, and this is going to be a season where we see, hey, we got a hell of a stud down there in OB. And I tell you what, that's how you gain value, right? Remember last year? AK went over to scout a EuroLeague game, and in that game, OB played in. So that lets you know that AK has been looking and considering this guy for probably longer than what we realized, right? The opportunity, the situation was right, and us being able to bring him over, and he brought him over. And so getting that type of value, because even when we do convert him over to an actual NBA contract, he's not going to be making a whole hell of a lot, at least not on that first contract. Let him earn that second contract. He's already ingrained in Chicago Bulls culture at that point, right? a big part of this team, even if it is just a high-level role player coming off the bench. And I think we got a stud in OB. I really do. I trust it. Maybe that's blind faith in this again. 
but I really do trust it. Everything that I see from OB, watching this tape, seeing the little bit we've seen from him, and I'm going to be watching him all year in the G League, I think OB is going to be a stud for the Chicago Bulls. Just watch what I say. All right, let's get into the last voicemail. This one's from the general, Brandon L. Jett. Yo, what's going on, Hayes? Brandon L. Jett, the general here. In regards to my mailbag, I had one in regards to the point guard competition between Kobe White, Javon Carter, and IOE, if you wanted to throw him in there. In my personal opinion, I think that Javon Carter is better suited to be like the starting point guard. Now, this does not, and I repeat, does not take anything away from Kobe White this preseason. The man been straight balling. Uh, but I think as far as featuring him with the bench unit uh, and having him pair up with Caruso and um, whoever else, Billy Donovan pairs with him up in the second unit would bring more of an offensive scoring punch and feature all of his maximum capabilities as far as being like the second unit point guard with that scoring threat off of the bench. He has improved so much, and I don't have anything but love for Kobe White. But I think the Javon Carter's outside shooting would help stabilize that starting unit with Zach and DeMar and keep them in line. Plus, he brings like the defensive toughness that can pair up with that uh, unit to to kind of like um, see something that we haven't seen since Alonzo Ball got, uh, got hurt. What are your thoughts, Hayes? I would love to hear from him. And, of course, thank you for everything that you do for the channel. Shout out to the chat. I agree with everything Jet said here. I think that Javon Carter is the closest thing to simulating what you had with Lonzo Ball. I do think that uh, Billy Donovan is wanting to give Kobe an absolute chance. In it because, listen, Kobe's improved every single year. And while I know a lot of casual basketball fans look at moving to the bench as a demotion, it's not necessarily that. Kobe can average the same amount of minutes he would as a starter. It's just about the finding the right combination of when you get on the court. When you get on the court is almost as important as how much you're on the court. And so because of that, having more time with Kobe, you know, maybe doing more ball handling with one of DeMar or Zach sitting down could end up being the best situation for Kobe. But, hey, he's going to it seems like he's going to get that opportunity to start. We'll see how he performs in that. But I think maybe if you look at it, uh, Billy Donovan may say, hey, listen, we know what Javon can right let's get an extended look at Kobe out here see how he goes with the starters with the change of the offense because if for some reason it doesn't go we know Javon's going to come in he's going to be able to be what Javon Carter is which is a consistent vet give that consistent level of output give that consistent level of shooting and I love that the point out there it's a difference between being a shooter and a scorer and so the fact that Javon Carter is a shooter kind of fits better with what we have theoretically in this starting lineup that doesn't mean it can't fit with Kobe as well it just depends on who ends up winning it and who ends up holding on to it is just as important as who wins it to start the season. But as always, let me know what you guys think on all that down below. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are number one spot for everything chicago bulls related thanks to you guys and like i like to end every episode on go bulls love you guys see red if you can y'all peace this has been a presentation of the break break media